Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies on the show. New movies, this isn't like in Flux. In Flux, me and Connor, typically, sometimes Matt will jump in, but uh, we do all the movies on that show. This is the new movie show where we go to the theatre and we see a new thing. Uh, unless it's a new VOD release, I guess, but theatres, typically. Uh, and on this episode, we are going to talk about Baby Driver, which is the new film by Edgar Wright of the uh, Cornetto trilogy and Scott Pilgrim fame. And uh, it's an action movie where the action scenes are kind of cut in time to the music, which isn't that irregular, but it sort of makes more of a style out of it where it's consistently doing Next that. Next level on this one. Uh, the so, so, that, so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to start spoiler free. I'm warning Matt hmm? harshly here. No spoilers. Hey. Come on. Have I ever betrayed your trust on that? Several times. Like once. <laughs> and no one ever knew about it because we recorded it. <laughs> um, so start spoiler free. I'll give you a warning halfway through. Whenever we decide to start going into spoilers, there will be a warning. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get we're going to get into it. So the, the, the plot of Baby Driver... Uh, the sort of basic synopsis is that the main character named Baby is like a getaway driver for a sort of it's, it's not a regular heist crew it's a no he, he's a, call him? a Kevin Spacey he's a mastermind that's the name I was looking for Kevin yeah. Spacey's like this rich guy who like organises bank heists and various jobs yeah. and he's the getaway driver for these groups so it's kind of like Drive meets like a more upbeat action movie kind of idea yeah. And uh, he, he he has this uh, condition, he's got tinnitus since he was a kid, he was in an accident, and as a result of that, he always listens to music to drown things out. So the movie kind of takes that, it makes it the soundtrack, and like when he's driving, it seems to like you know sync up with the way the car moves and all the rest of it, and it, it's very playful mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. Uh, but ultimately, he meets uh, a girl who he really likes called Deborah, who works at the local diner, and they kind of fall for each other, and it's about him wanting to get out of the criminal life and wanting to be done with it. And so it's him trying to get away, get that one last job done, and you know, is he coerced back into it, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's that's what the movie's about. So I know the answer to this, and I feel like I feel like given a couple of the statements you've made already, I feel like the audience yeah. probably know the answer to this. But I'm going to do it anyway. This is the the correct format of this show where I ask the question, Matt. Did you enjoy Baby Driver? Not at all. That's a lie. Uh. It was fantastic. Like, from from the time it kicks on, just the music. And, like, I'm not like Connor, who, if you guys know, Connor, like, studies music. I am a, a fan of music. So I appreciate it on a different level. But here, like, not that it's a character, but it has a very defined place in the story and, and how the story gets told. Hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie that wasn't, like, Fantasia where they animated around symphonies, you know, arrangements and whatnot. So to see that, you know, from the time the movie starts to, to even when he's walking and bopping along with the music, it just Honestly, it drives through. It's probably the most impressive thing about the movie is the sense of motion in a lot of scenes. There's a lot of things where yeah. Baby will just be walking around. Uh, the opening title sequences are sort of one art that uh, Edgar Wright likes to do. Yeah. It's, it's very reminiscent of a scene in Shaun of the Dead, actually, where he mm-hmm. walks to a coffee place and then walks back to where he came from, and it's all one yeah. shot. It's very like that. But there's a lot more of a sense of momentum to it. You know, where Shaun of the Dead, like Simon Pegg's kind of slouching and just sort of shuffling well, along. He's completely oblivious, because yeah. that pays off later when the apocalypse has happened. He's yeah. not really paying attention to all the zombies. But that, that, 
so it, it's very reminiscent of that, but it's like a new spin on it. And mm. even when he's like he's he's making breakfast for his foster dad, and it just does this momentum yeah. to him, like swinging around the side of the kitchen, and like just this movement in the way he's, he's edited. Yeah, he's always in motion unless he's around Doc. Like that's something I really noticed. Because mm. um, he, he sits there still. And Doc, he's got his music going. Doc is uh, Kevin know. Spacey's character. Yeah, Kevin Spacey. He's he's the main antagonist, you could say. I don't want to say villain, but he is the antagonist mm. here. Yeah, he's, and, he's, he's the corrupt criminal guy who's not letting him leave this life of crime. So yeah, yeah, and so he's he's not that he's still there, but he's not as so it really stands out. Like he's in business mode. Yeah, well, it's, 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 I wouldn't even say it's like he's his business mode. It's more like he's on. It's like it's when he's not comfortable. He's not being himself because he has to. Put yeah, on this front there we yet. go. Yeah, he's out yeah, of his element better. where he has to be here. Uh, but that, that's what I'd commend the movie for is the sense of motion, the way it's edited. Edgar Wright's editing. Not that he's the one actively oh. editing it, but it's uh, no. extremely well shot. The way things flow mm. and move, the car chases are great. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great stunt work where they'll do something in one shot for a good while. You'll see the car skid round something, and there's no cutaways. Yeah. You see it skid round something, and it looks great. Yeah, um, we talked about the fast movies a lot on here, mm. and those are big, dumb. These, I, I would say, this is the best car action I've seen in a good long time, and that's including the the fast movies. Oh, yes, because just. It's- it, it's more down to earth and just no. Here's some imp- yeah. actual impressive driving around things. Yeah. And like it's, it's I don't perfect. know if you've ever seen like rally car races where they'll set up obstacles for the cars to go around. Um, but if you guys are watching this, pull after you're done with this, of course, go to YouTube and look up some rally car stuff because they do that type of stuff for real. Like there's one where there's a racer that that goes on the Universal Studios backlot and he does the tour in his mm. rally car. And he's whipping around corners and stuff. And so, like, in that opening chase scene, you see him drive backwards, like, through these obstacles. And who's ever driving the car, for reals, they did it. Like, there's oh, no yeah. the, the, the CG. Stunt, it's the, ridiculous. The stunt driver is... <laughs> like, the stunt drivers on this were doing a fantastic job. And, and, yep. and the camera crew as well, the way they were capturing it, where they tried to get it in big, long takes... For the most part, obviously, there's, there's a lot more cutting in an action sequence, but I just mean, like, in a regular movie, one Not single... Not hide anything. Yeah, one, one stunt would have, like, ten cuts in it, whereas here, no, you'll see the full stunt, and then it'll cut to the next shot. Like, you would really get yeah. a full sense of uh, everything happening in, in the frame, uh, enough yeah. to make it feel very very real in that sense. Um, uh, for my opinion on it, I liked it a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. I don't love it as much as you do, though. I, yeah, 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 I do have. We we know how we do. I am like a child that gets its hand on a candy bar and is like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing of all time!" <laughs> and then I crash. Well, right? not, to to be fair, like there's certain things like that where I I will jump on the bandwagon. But the reason why yeah. I'm phrasing it like this is because I, you know I'm seeing a lot of other people have a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is the best movie of the year so far," so on. And I get it. I do actually get that a lot. I think from a technical point of view, this movie is damn near flawless. The camera work, the editing, yeah. the way it's set up. Uh, I love the performances, especially from Baby, where he is constantly moving. He his motion, even in scenes where it isn't like a chase scene or whatever, it makes it, it gives it this sense of momentum throughout the entire thing, up until yeah. a point at least. Uh, I like a lot of the characters and how they're set up. However, I do I do think it gets a little bit sticky in the third act, and a few things don't add up for me. Obviously, more than that in spoilers, but yeah. there's, there's there's a few things where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really feel like that was set up or 
so on. Which is funny, because Edgar Wright is actually very good at putting in little hints as where the movie's going. Like, it's even in this, uh, but I'll compare it to a scene in Shaun of the Dead again, where there's a scene in Shaun of the Dead where uh, Nick Frost's character basically says, oh, this is everything that's going to happen tomorrow. And he like lays out what they're going to do. We're going to do this, we're going to go for shots, we're going to do this, we're going to end up back at the bar by eight. Uh, we're going to visit your mum. That was in there somewhere. And he basically yeah. just describes the rest of the movie. Everything he said happens. It just so, it just so happens to happen when there's zombies around. But it, that's right. what happens. Uh, and there's something like that in this as well, where it's, it kind of foreshadows everything that's going to go on. But it, I don't know. There was just a couple of things. Uh, it didn't quite add up. And then there was a couple of things about the ending that I thought felt a little bit flat. But that, that yeah. would be the, the no, gist my- of my complaints. My main problem is I felt like Wright didn't know how to end it exactly because it kept mm. going. Like You feel like there should be a logical, this is where the story ends. And I felt he went past the finish line and on that. Not only that, and I don't necessarily think it needed to happen right at the end. And again, I'll talk mm. about this a little bit more when we, we're talking plot details. But right. I do think it was missing one final car chase. Yeah. Uh, and I'll talk I'll talk about I that agree. more in depth, but it it really because there's a moment in the there's a really good chase scene that's on foot in the in the middle maybe sort of end of Act Two of the movie, and it's really good. But the entire time you're like, oh, when's he going to get to a car? Because once he gets behind a wheel, he's unstoppable. Well, that's kind of the feeling yeah. of it. Well, and, it, it kind of is his. It's kind of uh, Edgar Wright's superhero movie, right? He didn't get to do Ant Man. King, yeah, it's his superpower when he gets in a car. Yeah, because he's a completely different person behind the wheel of a car. Yeah, he's. He has momentum, but he's not bopping around. He's very secure of who he is while he's driving. And uh, so. so, but when he finally gets to a car, you think, "Oh, it's going to hit off." And then, but that's just kind of the end of the scene. Like it doesn't actually do anything with the car. It's just that's him getting away now. Yeah. Uh, and then it never happens after that. You never get another big car chase scene. There's stuff in yeah. cars, sure, but it's not the same. It's not yeah. the big uh, fancy chase scenes that we'd seen previously in the movie. And I feel like it was really missing that cap or that that final big moment in. Uh, I mean, you could debate as to where it should have happened and how, what it should have involved and whatnot, but yeah. it felt like it was missing. Uh, and so I, I think it's a little bit uneven. I think Act One and Two are great. I think Act Three has a lot of great stuff in it, and there's a lot of stuff in it that I, I've liked more that I've thought about it a little bit since. There's, mm. a, there's a few things thematically that, that tie in for me, which is really nice. Uh, but there is one or two big things where I go, "Oh, that doesn't quite work for me." I don't feel like that was set mm. up, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so that, that that'd be the match. So very, very, very good. Like, like you know, almost amazing. But just it's not. It's quite. It's missing it for me on an emotional level because some of the things feel a little bit off in the last act. Yeah, this is this is probably the most fun I've had at the movie since Kong, and like probably it supersedes Kong Skull Island because that movie I was like a kid, and I, I said on here during our review, my wife told me to settle down no less yeah. than three times. <laughs> good thing she didn't go to this with me. Because and I went to like a, a, a early afternoon showing. I was like the only person in the theater, so I could react in ways you know as if I were at home. I'm just a, I'm just imagining you bouncing on the seat. Yeah, that's so close, close. Just bouncing, clapping like yes, yes, yeah. drive, drive. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's more like you know when stuff would happen, going like oh shit, like I could. Mm. When you're sitting next to a full theater, you have to rein yourself in, and you can you can react to things, but not full go, full broad strokes. But yeah, it was. I had so much fun with this movie. Like, I might try to drag her to see it again, because um, mm. I wouldn't mind seeing this on the big screen again. 
Yeah, uh, so also it's worth mentioning. It's got a pretty good supporting cast. John Hamm's in there. He's quite good. Yeah. Uh, his his wife in the movie, uh, Darling, played by uh, Isa Gonzalez. She's pretty good on it as well. Uh, I've Bern- never seen her before. I was surprised. Me neither, but she, uh, she was pretty good in this. Yeah. Uh, John Bernthal's and uh, he's quite good. Uh, I could have used a bit more of him, admittedly, but he was there. Obviously, yeah, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, obviously, Jamie oh. Foxx is kind of uh, another antagonist character in the movie. He's a uh, he's. I have not hated someone in the movie that much, and I can't tell you how long. <laughs> yeah, he, like, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty far far out yeah. there in terms. And of his that. name's Bat, so that only drove it for me that much more. You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the spoiler-free review. I, th- I think for anything else, we have to start digging into some details. Mm-hmm. So uh, from here on out, full spoilers for Baby Driver. You have been warned, uh, but go see it. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. So I'll tackle I'll tackle my problems first. I feel it's a good jumping-in point, and then we can yeah. we can gush over all this, the stuff that's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's start low and, and aim high, yeah. like kind of like a roller coaster. So my single biggest problem. Uh, in this, in the third act, D- do you feel that they justifiably set up the fact that Doc was going to turn out, turn around, and sacrifice himself for Baby and uh, no. Deborah? That, no, because that, that came out of nowhere for me. Because he's constantly threatening them. It, and he, got, it, yeah. he threatens Deborah when they're by themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 threatens to kill or at least uh, mangle Deborah. He he repeatedly threatens to put him in a wheelchair. He yeah. he makes him dispose of a dead body at one point, and like he is shown to be nothing but a ruthless, vicious scumbag throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, he's a shark. Yeah, he's a lot. Like, there's a, a lot bit of humor, but and I've heard it argued that oh no, but it's because he has a connection to him because he has kind of helped raise him and he he, he respects baby. I'm like. I I would be okay if that was the twist. Like if 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 they had the big thing where, oh no, he secretly has a kind of a heart of gold and he cares about baby, so he does this. But I feel like the yeah. movie went out of its way to show me that was not the case for the rest of it. So when he turned round and did this heroic yeah. last stand thing, he let them get away. I was like, eh, it, it just it rang completely false for me. Yeah, I uh, I I agree there. Also, my I had a problem with John Hamm's character too because that was another one where the whole movie he. You kind of hint that he does have this harder gold, right? That he's like, you know, he's nice to Baby early on. And mm. when uh, when Barenthal's character, who's only in the one, two scenes, is giving him, you know, the business, he stands up for him and kind of is almost like a parent to, yeah. to Baby. And then I mean, at the end, his wife gets killed because of a bank robbery, right? This is, mm. this is a risk you have to assume might happen, you know? And he goes full on supervillain. Like he does. He goes. He goes full on Terminator, uh, which yeah. was entertaining. I think Ham's actually very good. Like he sells it. Oh like, yeah. He, he is vicious sounding and looking. Did, every, did every you ever watch Mad Men? Because I, I, I saw, never got into Mad Men. I saw a season and a half of Mad Men. Okay, but he's been good in everything I've ever seen him in. Mm. So that's. I don't want to make it sound like he's never been that. I didn't know he could be this good because he's so charming. Like he's got that classic hollywood like yeah he's mr good looking dude but then when he does like you said full terminator i bought that it was just the reasoning and it was almost like they needed an antagonist yeah for him and in that well it's know, because 
mold. I feel like Wright really wanted to subvert expectations, which is why Spacey turned out to be a good guy, even though he really wasn't. Yeah, but... it's why it's why Jamie Fox actually meets his end because Jamie Fox is set up to be the main antagonist. And then yeah. he gets. Don't get me wrong. The moment where Baby takes it onto his own hands and kills Jamie Fox is fantastic, right? It's great. Clapped. I clapped. But it's right after that scene where immediately John Hamm starts going like full evil, and it's like, well, yeah. wait. If you wanted to have this in the third act, I feel like you could have just had it be be Jamie. Now there is some little tidbits to set it up, which is kind of nice. There's some thematic stuff where mm. when he's flicking through channels earlier, there's, there's, a, there's a thing on about. Uh, like the the bull going for the red, and like throughout the, yeah. the the last act of the movie, John Hamm is constantly lit in red, and it's kind of the idea that he's yeah. the bull, and you know he's yeah. coming for a uh, baby, like, and I like those things, and even there was a really subtle, uh, obviously as a slasher movie fan, I I appreciated the Michael Myers joke, where yeah. they're supposed to get Michael oh, Myers man. mask, and the guy gets the the Mike Myers mask. Uh, I wish they hadn't ruined that in the trailer, because the trailer yeah. I kept getting that was in yeah, there, it was on well. TV spots. I wish they had held that because that would have been such a good laugh. And they have that extra part of the joke where he's like, oh, you mean Jason? No, no, that's Friday the 13th. Yeah. No, Michael Myers from Halloween. Yeah. And then when we find out that Buddy's real name, that's John Hamm's character, his real name turns out to yeah. be Jason. I thought that, oh, that's a little wink, wink. Because he basically turns into yeah. a serial killer at the end where he's coming and he just he, he doesn't I stop. didn't even pick up on that until you just said it. That's yeah. keen observation. Uh, but like, again, so there's, there's fun details. I, I think... Sometimes Edgar Wright, he, he focuses on the nitty gritty, and the nitty gritty always works really well. But in this yeah. case, I feel like the larger, like just the the core character motivation, feels a bit off. Yeah, yeah. So as as far as his character is concerned, uh, yeah. I so, mean, everything with Baby and Deborah and all that, it feels very full, fully formed. Yeah, yeah. The whole relationship yeah, for, for, it goes for, for the most part. But, yeah, I agree with that. I, I think ultimately that's kind of what my main complaints of the movie are. It's Kevin Spacey's face turn doesn't quite work. John Hamm's fantastic as the Terminator, but it feels yeah. a little bit forced to get it there. And ultimately, I do think the third act was missing that one big last car chase to really set it off. Yeah, that, I that, that's and I get complaints. like like you said, right? With subverting expectations, so it's almost like, well, we're gonna get the the super bad guy turn good we're gonna get the nicer bad guy turn super evil and you're not gonna get a car chase it's gonna be baby trying to do everything he can in a car chase but never being able to get out like there's constant stuff and i don't think it it helps that you know i think the problem is it's fine to want to subvert expectations but you have to subvert it with something that's better or more interesting or at least something that makes sense in hindsight and some Mm -hmm. of it doesn't uh, and some yeah. of it feels kind of like force for shock's sake, and that kind of that, that's yeah. where the movie kind of stumbles a little bit for me in the last act. Uh, because I mean, I wasn't super sure how I felt about the ending at first with uh, Baby going to prison, but ultimately yeah. I did actually kind of like it, mainly because that this idea that uh, he, the reason why he was doing this in the first place, the reason why he owed a debt to Doc that he was paying off was because he, he used to steal cars when he was younger and right. uh, he stole one of his cars, one of Doc's cars, with like money in yeah. it or whatever. And when he dumped it, he lost all that money and he's been paying it off ever since. That's why he's doing these jobs for yeah. him. And I like the idea that even though he's very sympathetic throughout the movie and he's the good guy, he, he doesn't want people to get killed. And whenever he sees like, right. like Jamie Foxx has killed someone in the job, he, like, he can't take it. He's like, wait, this is not right. And you sympathise with him. Right. As much as that's the case... He is still involved in this because, like, how many cops yeah. get shot in some of these bank robbery shootouts? Where he's oh, a he's part of this. He's still an accessory. Yeah, yeah. He's still an accessory, and he initially still stole cars, which led him in this path in the first place. 
he had to he had to pay for his crimes. Like so I do like yeah. the idea that he makes the choice at the end, no, I'm not gonna run, I'm not gonna do this, I'm better than this life. Uh, and he yep. steps out and he puts his hands up and he lets himself get arrested and all, all of the little good deeds throughout like all the victims who speak up for him all point yep. out these little moments where oh he tried to warn me so I wouldn't get shot or he tried to do mm-hmm. this so I wouldn't have this happen uh, and clearly it helps him get a better sentence I'm not sure if I believe that even like even with these testimonies that someone who was an accessory to so many cops dying would get off this easy however it works for the story thematically yeah, it depends on. I would say it depends on the judge too, because again, his character, you know, is yeah, he's gonna do some time, but yeah. maybe not. Like like they they set up, he gets twenty five years, but he's eligible for parole after five. Not, yeah. not just yeah, after five, it, which you know that's he's, he's good to go, good behavior, and we see him in the jail being a model citizen. You know, he's going about his business and and whatnot. So. Yeah, I mean, I like that part of the ending. I like that because we keep seeing this fantasy that he, you know, him and Deborah have this thing where she just wants to hop in a car they can't afford and drive and mm-hmm. listen to music for as long as they can. And he keeps envisioning her pulling up in this classic 50s coupe and she's dressed all nice and they're going to make their run. And so at the end, we see that and it's all black and white before, but the color fades into it. I thought that was a nice you know, little tag. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I have seen some people say that the that maybe that last scene is just him fantasizing still. But mm-hmm. for me, the black and white switching to color is them telling us, no, 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 this is now it's really happening. Yep. Uh, which is yeah. fine. Like if he got out five years later, because they not aged by the looks of it. So it must be five years and not yeah. 25. <laughs> um, exactly. Just, just by default. It comes out as an old man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fine, and I think that's the part of the movie that works really well for me is uh, him being good and being surrounded by these evil people, especially Jamie Foxx. And because I, th- I think the outside of the momentum and all the movement that we talked about, that's really good. I think the best part of the movie, uh, from a dramatic point of view, is when Baby's trying to avoid Jamie Foxx or uh, Bats. I should use his name. Bats, Bats. doing yeah. something bad, like when he doesn't want to go into the diner because because that's where that's where Deborah works. He doesn't want to go in there. Right. Uh, he doesn't want because you know because at one point they pull up to a gas station and uh, Bats goes in and he comes out and he stole the chewing gum and he looks back. You know, Baby looks back inside the the shop yeah. and he can't see the person who's behind the counter, implying that he might have shot him and he might be. This is just some innocent person yeah. who's been killed for no reason. Right, and the first time you see it, it's it's when they're pulling the job, and he shoots the armored truck mm. uh, uh, guard, which which I mean, yeah, that's in their line of work, you know, that's not as shocking, but it progressively gets worse as they keep going. Yeah, you know the things that Bats does, and he tries to shoot at the cops, and and Baby swerves, and Bats starts picking up on it. Like you get the feeling that Bats is a bad oh, no, guy, actually, but he's a- not dumb. I don't think it was a cop. That was the that was the uh, the vigilante guy. Oh, the vigilante. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it, of course, because it's, it's set in Atlanta, so of course there's going to be a dude in a pickup truck with a conceal what? and carry I, license. I, I was fine with that when he just had a shotgun, but then when the shotgun ran out and he he, he flipped his seat and there was a machine gun, I'm like, all right, you're taking this a bit. <laughs> like machine gun, yeah. I I did like though that he went into his center console and pulled out a pistol to start with. Like yeah, like of it, course. It was just like, okay, how dedicated is this guy to catching these criminals when he's, yeah, like it just felt like so he was going I so far. I kind of also took it he was a guard that was getting off from work because oh, he maybe. was there. Yeah, you know, so I that's how that. I took it. Now that might not be. I might just be filling in gaps, you know, that aren't there. But 
but still, yeah, him him pulling out the machine gun like that, where I was like, okay, it's a little too far. But yeah, each each thing Bats does is progressively worse, and you know, it, Baby starts to put his foot down as best as he can, like when they go to the diner, and he's he's giving Deborah all the signs. Just stay away, please. I, I want to point out, yeah. you know, John Hamm's like what mid forties, maybe late forties. Yeah. <laughs> good looking dude, though. Yeah, I, Isaac Gonzalez, who plays his wife in this, is younger than us. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I like to again to Bats not being dumb. He figures out their thing, mm. and he puts together this narrative that he got into trouble on Wall Street with a drug problem, and he, you know, took off on his life and... Which, which I think is kind of favorite. funny because it, it kind of puts him in the... It's, I mean, he it's, it was an advertising guy in Mad Men, but it feels yeah. very Mad Men to say he used to be on Wall Street. Exactly. So, like, well, because he cuts works. that... He cuts that figure, you know? Mm. Like, he's he's that guy. But, yeah, and he meets his favorite, you know, lap dancer and they go off on the yeah. run together. Here, Here's a question, yeah. right? And this, this is a valid one. I'm not actually complaining about it. Uh, because it does kind of make you know, having him around makes most of the movie exciting because it is this tension of what's he going to do? Is he going to hurt uh, baby's you know foster dad and stuff like that? You're worried yeah. about what he's going to do. But here's a question: Why does Doc keep hiring bats? What, what does he bring to the team? Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a loose cannon because he's like, a wild card. I don't know. Like because he sends them yeah. to like Doc's get these contacts to get them some guns for the, the job they're going to pull the, the third act yeah. job. Yeah. 